Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www. Dot grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redbox media. Experience coffee like never before. Welcome to Tools to Ready the Journey, a conversation to help prepare and support young men for fatherhood. Welcome to this episode of Tools to Ready the Journey, a father's guide to a faith filled family. I'm Bill Snyder, and we are now on episode six of this podcast and thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of our ministry here to men. I am joined by author Ray Haywood for this journey. He is the author of Tools to Ready the Journey and it's such a blessing to be able to walk through this book uh, with him and it's a blessing for you because you're able to listen and grow through these chapters uh, as a man and lead your family deeper in faith. And so if you're listening to this for the very first time, you've missed a lot and you need to go back to episode one and begin listening from episode one. Uh, that is not to say you're not going to get something out of this chapter, but it is intended and, and we do this very intentionally to build on one another from episode one all the way through the end of the book. Uh, in each and every chapter in this uh, book is a podcast episode. So we are on episode six, The Arch of Life. And welcome, Ray, to the program. Uh, thank you for journeying with me and being with me uh, here on this uh, journey, Tools to Ready the Journey. Well, thank you for this time today as we step closer in our fellowship, Bill. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you a little bit about to chapter six, the arch of life. Uh, the arch of life, but it's no different than the previous chapters as it builds on the last. In chapter five, owning your own faith, we bring to awareness and seek within ourselves the value of the foundation of faith, which is the sacraments. Now, in chapter six, we will explore seeking out growing in our faith through this simple theory of the arch of life okay the arch of life well what is the arch of life here is my own interpretation and representation of this simple theory the arch of life is made up of three stages in my easy to follow example the stages are as follows apprentice journeyman followed by master carpenter as with many areas of this book this theory is inspired by saint joseph's trade of carpentry okay this framework lends vision to the reader to view the arch of life as an immense majestic steadfast arch that the span of which is reinforced and bound together on both sides by god's grace 
it brings to the forefront that each stage shared a varying degree of one's faith as it fortifies the intentional applicant's will. Now with the well-used tools of the masculine journey in reach, we can objectively find our place in the arch of life. With the tool of the heart in mind, as we humbly proceed through exploring the arch of life, we will begin to better understand the Bible verse Verses actually Matthew chapter 7 verse 2 which reads for as you judge so will you be judged and the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you and Luke chapter 6 verse 38 in part for the measure with which you measure will in return be measured out to you now in our past discussions you've heard me share about measure that's because in our faith walk and in our paternal walk or our uh, physical walk in life things are measured out to us Um, uh, you've heard me say in the past about um, seeing more of the canvas that's because as we grow in our experiences as we move through life physically and spiritually we get to Um, share in as more truths are revealed, especially if we approach them well. Um, At this point, with just that much being discussed, Bill, after you've read the chapter, um, could you give us a little interpretation to where you are at this moment? I think that these three... um stopping points along the way that you highlight are really wonderful. But I think that there's also um, some wiggle room in there because um, I kind of find myself in the journeyman stage um, in the arch of life as a almost 35 year old now. Um, Definitely. Uh, And I find myself there in, in um, the idea that I am kind of, Still, still a young man, still figuring out um, professions and and uh, figuring out where where God wants to put me in ministry. And there's so so there's that aspect of it. And even even as you say, um, you know, I want to nurture my faith more and more. in In the book, the journeyman stage uh, that you talk about, it says this: the journeyman stage shares in God's grace. Uh, The sacrament of reconciliation provides strength needed to come into full awareness of God's grace. Understanding the realization of this truth adds to the strength needed to be intentional while chipping away at the sin present um, that that presents itself in our daily lives along the journey. So when you look at that, um, you know, I certainly have come to that realization, right? I've certainly come to that realization um, of being able to uh, clearly see God's grace in my life working there um, even if I don't have all of the uh, aspects of it figured out um, and uh, however I, I also think there's a um, that that due to God's grace and there's uh, plenty of saints uh, plenty of people in uh, church history uh, that you can point to that um, also had a supernatural grace to be able to 
um, have a spiritual maturity that transcends just that awareness um, of God's presence into a complete conviction, um, like you talk about in the Master Carpenter. Um, and, and, and I kind of want to mention that, too. Um, and I'm going to quote you again in the book. Um, it says this uh, about the Master Carpenter. It says, We understand that no worldly cause is worth giving up our soul or compromising our reception of God's grace. Our willpower and intentional efforts strengthen us and the families that we nurture so that we may live the faith to the best of our worldly ability. This stage provides us with the peace of mind ready uh, uh, to ready to ready us as good and worthy servants for our daily uh, for our day of judgment. And I, I really like those two uh, quotes, you know, the one I read about journeyman and the one I read about Master Carpenter. And the reason why I read the one about Master Carpenter is this because I, I believe that that quote, um, I, I can kind of fit into that as well. Um, you know, I, I understand that there is no worldly cause worth giving up my soul for. Um, but I still don't have the, the, I'm not at the stage of life where you are, Ray, or even beyond that, where, where, where my dad is, um, or, you know, some of, some of my, uh, you know, the, uh, the elders of the church that I look up to, the older, older people, I don't have that wisdom, the, the innate wisdom that comes with that. My, 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 my dad always says to me, uh, sometimes he, when, when I say, Hey, how do I get that? He goes, you just don't, you don't get it until you're 60. Bill, you're not 60 years old. You can't understand that. You know what I mean? Um, so, so I, and, but, but I understand where you were cause I was 34, I was 35. Um, so when, when you look at that though, God can supernaturally empower, uh, and he has over the course of, of church history, uh, I mentioned yesterday the first saint that popped in my mind was actually a woman, Saint Maria Goretti, um, who who died in you know at age like fifteen, and and was stabbed to death. And, and but but she understood that she understood that there was nothing worldly that was going to uh, for the cause to give up her soul. Um, so so I think that there can be some overlap between them. Um, especially when God's grace supernaturally enters into your, um, into your mind or into your heart, um, to, to, to say, I'm not worth giving it up. So I, so I, a combination of the two, Ray, is where I would say I, I kind of fall in, uh, probably more on the journeyman side, but, um, but yeah, that's where I kind of fall in. So I believe that I'm still in the journeyman stage, um, shouldering up to like-minded men, um being intentional in my faith walk, seeking out, you know, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter, how, you know, there's always things to learn about our faith. It is, we could never fathom all that is available to us in our faith. Um, what you were just sharing is what I would describe as transformed souls. So there are people uh, in this world that, um, are transformed in their faith. They um, share in personal revelation. They come closer. Uh, things change within them. Uh, I agree with what you're saying, but um, the we're going to get into a little later on in this conversation how the masculine journey, we're talking through a man's view right now, through what I'm sharing, a perspective that I would like to be 
um, seen through my eyes so that it could be understood fully. The masculine journey, um, you cannot see all of the parts of it unless you have life's wisdom. The arch of life, yes, there are people who come closer um, uh, in sharing in the fullness of the master carpenter stage as described in his theory uh, at an earlier age, but I believe that the the masculine journey plays a very important role in what's revealed within it as we grow in our spirituality as well. So the reason why I gave the examples of the two Bible verses is because they speak about measure, okay? And uh, another way in which things are revealed to us. Uh, but um, the gospel examples are there to define preci precision of clearly navigating the dividing distance between our physical and spiritual realms, okay? That's a important thing for us to understand, the distance and the dividing lines between our physical and spiritual realms. And we're going to put attention to that uh, with placing it on reach. So we're going to speak about realm and reach. Okay, so realm. What is a realm? By definition, a realm is a defined area, a royal domain, a kingdom. In my application toward the arch of life, it aids in looking at the arch of life as divided from our physical lives. I also want to stress that much thought and intent must be contemplated to humbly understand and navigate the arch of life as we define it in this chapter discussion. So, you know, you had alluded that you and I had a conversation yesterday, and uh, in that conversation, I discussed some things with you. So, Bill, can you share thoughts on the use of defining realm in better understanding and dividing your spiritual and physical life? So, Ray, uh, there's an example I actually give um, about this uh, separation between your spiritual life and your, uh, your, you know, your duties as a man. Um, I remember when I was in confirmation prep, and in, in confirmation prep, there's a couple different things they're trying to teach you. Um, they're trying to teach you about how to live in the Holy Spirit, which is your spiritual life, but then they're also trying to challenge you to mature physically and, and um, you know, cognitively and take on responsibility as a adult. And that's really hard for a sixth grader to do, like when I was confirmed in sixth grade. But I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, um, one of these uh, activities in my confirmation prep, the only one that sticks out to me that I remember um, from the actual retreat was this. Um, we had a group of people who were, I was part of it, that were sent off to play this uh, game in front of the rest of our classmates. And um, I was to instruct one of my classmates to navigate a, um, a tarp filled with uh, toothpaste and filled with uh, shaving cream. 
that was all spewing over it. And my classmate had this, uh, he, he was barefoot. I had to make him navigate it so that he wouldn't get any stuff on his feet. Well, um, I could understand the spiritual principles of this and, and all that. And he was blindfolded. I could see. Uh, there was only one problem. I did not like at all this kid that was navigating uh, this this thing. So you know what I did? I made him walk through it all. <laughs> I made him walk through it all. And um, I just didn't like this kid. I thought, you know, I'm going to really mess up his feet. Well, little did I know at the end of this exercise, I was going to be the one that had to clean his feet off. And so here I am now cleaning this kid's feet, a kid that I didn't like, didn't want to be with, you know, all this stuff. Um, I had to do it. And of, of course, there's a bunch of spiritual principles in there, but there's also a bunch of just real world principles that I can that I can talk with you about because, um, you know, I didn't have I didn't have the foresight. I didn't see the fact that, you know what, I need to have a maturity, uh, just a, a physical, emotional maturity that was necessary to say, Hey, you know what? I can put my differences aside with this guy. I can put my, uh, things aside and do this exercise. And so there's a, there's a, there's a different realm when you're, when, when you're working with that, you know, like there's a different realm that you enter into, um, when you have, a maturity about yourself as you grow up and you move through the arch of life that, you know, if I was to do that exercise today, I would like to think that I would be able to uh, guide whoever it is through it without getting their feet dirty. You know, regardless of whether I like them or not, I would know, okay, this is what the exercise is. This is what I have to do to, to complete that exercise, to complete this thing. And I wouldn't let necessarily my emotions get in the way of that. You know, whether I liked somebody or didn't like somebody. And I think there's a lot of lessons you can think about and talk about uh, when, it, when it comes to just having a maturity about yourself and um, a growth that is not necessarily a spiritual one, has nothing to do with um, your, your spiritual faith um, and, and your growth, but your physical growth has an impact upon that. Your physical and emotional um, growth and development as a human being has an impact in that realm. So I don't know whether that story gives you a good picture, kind of what you're looking for, Ray, but I, but I think that that's how I would approach, uh, you know, understanding the different realms and the growth in the realm of so what what you're sharing bill is real world application um that lesson do you think that it was organized by the teacher that uh, coordinated it oh sure absolutely it was organized by by the teacher so that was a personally owned lesson by that teacher correct yeah what do you remember about that teacher uh, I, I don't remember much because uh, she was uh, a, a, like a retreat guide. You know, she came in for one day or two days. Okay, uh, understood. Well, I think that the, um, wh wherever that organization came from, the, the, the thought behind it, that person had um, intent 
in the lesson. Uh, it's, it's a, I, I wish that there would be more intentional teachers for the teachers out there who just heard what Bill shared. Maybe you can apply something like this to the lessons that you share, because this is what we need. This is what we're doing here. So let's move on. Let's now discuss reach. Reach, well, what is reach? By definition, reach is to get to or as far as in moving, traveling, or going. We will be applying reach as it pertains to movement. Movement through the stages of the arch of life as we intentionally journey true north on our moral compass. We will begin to understand how the measure in which we measure applies. For the more we are given, the more we will be held accountable. This application of knowledge applies to all aspects of our lives, but is formed in the tool of the heart, humility, in our will, which forms our character. So let's begin with the apprentice stage of the arch of life. In this stage, we receive and prepare for and share in our faith formation. We are meant to be nurtured through this stage in our parents' care by our Heavenly Father's design. As we share in the sacraments of baptism, reconciliation, communion, and confirmation, and participate in the sacraments our families share in, in our formative years, our foundation of faith is instilled through the graces shared, which cascade into a lifetime of inherent moral decision-making providing safe passage through our physical lives. This stage can begin in many other forms and applications, but for the intentional father, it is best understood as just described. Now, there was a lot you shared there, uh, condensed and brought into um, uh, a, a small window, just describing that first apprentice stage and the way that it should be applied in our father's design in the family structure. Baptism is supposed to be provided and, 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 and shared in with the family at, at, from birth. You know, this is not something that you get to decide to do as you grow in. You, you come close to your heavenly father and you share in the sacrament. You are, you receive that, undullable mark on your soul from when you're a, you're the child of God from birth. And that's something that the family shares in. Um, just in that short description of the apprentice stage in um, consideration of moving through the other three stages in this discussion, your thoughts on the apprentice stage, Bill? Um, you know what? I, I think you did a perfect job of explaining it. I don't want to add too, too much uh, to it, but um, I, I really want to stress to the to the listener and to the reader that I feel that again it's it's in that it's really in the education. Um, I think it's a large educational piece in that apprentice age because you need to be able to learn the truths of the faith, um, and you need to be able to learn who you are as a man um, in that apprentice stage. So, um, learning. Uh, who you are as a young person as and and creating that identity right uh, I have an identity I have a um, 
role in this world. I'm created by God as a man to do these things. And uh, when when that instruction of of that comes out, when that instruction that comes out through an intentional father and mother and parents, you are able to then successfully go into that next stage um, of, of journeyman. But, but, but I really feel that it's educational and also um, a encouragement because you need to know who you are in that, in that young, you know, in that young area of your life, right? In that young area of your life where you're growing up um, and saying, uh, who am I? What is the discovery of that? And so that's where I kind of go with it. Discover who you are as as a person in Christ. Discover who you are and what your gifts and talents and what you are being called to by God to do in your life. Um, other than your faith, you know, contemplate your profession, contemplate, um, you know, married life, uh, religious life. Contemplating those things are all part of um, that apprentice stage, in my mind anyway. For a young father, it's very important for him to understand the importance of instilling the sacraments in that apprentice stage. Um, it's just as important as to build up the boy and to uh, have him healthily navigate through the, the boyhood stage. Okay, so let's move on to the journeyman st stage of the arch of life, the second stage. Uh, in the journeyman stage, we can now successfully uh, transition through the disposition of humility instilled in the awareness shared in the apprentice stage. The journeyman stage is where the spiritual awakening period of our personally owned journey forms within our free will. There is no better realization than sharing an objective truth seen clearly in God's grace. Now, we share in more being measured out to us. New challenges await the relationships and daily tasks of the awakened spirit. Intention to stay true north and rise above our sinful nature as we move through the grace-filled awarenesses as we seek out a faithful mindset is a clear representation of the journeyman stage as we continue to intentionally move through the arch of life. So um, I would say, Bill, that you are successfully navigating this stage, but I would like for you to consider sharing some of the challenges that you are met with as you journey through this awakening stage. Yeah, as as you begin to realize who you are and what your mission is in life, um, I, I I would have to say that you know there are a lot of challenges with that. I I don't want to go too much into my personal story of faith, Ray, because I I um, it it just takes too long for me and it has too many questions to be answered. Um, but for those listeners who are interested in it, I really do encourage you to jump over. Uh, to my website, um, patchworkheart.org, and take a look at it. But but I but I will just say this about uh, my 
my my my life and my journeyman stage in that is that um you can have a really good idea as i mentioned in the in the other stage of of, of apprenticeship you know where you got to discern where god is calling you and what god is calling you to do uh and after you kind of understand that and you you move into that then um roadblocks after roadblocks can be thrown in your way in in accomplishing coming into that so i feel very called to be able to evangelize i've always felt that way from about the age of 14 or 15 while i was in that apprentice stage um so i i didn't know if that was supposed to be uh through the priesthood and i spent many years uh discerning that and really coming to understand that and know that um and I found out that wasn't for me through some uh, revelation, some personal revelation to myself, uh, and just through discernment, there, that, that wasn't where I was supposed to go. Um, and, but God still knew that I needed to, um, as, as part of who I am, to, to evangelize. Uh, so I, I began to, you know, continue working in ministry as a youth minister for uh, many, many years. I uh, worked in Catholic radio and was evangelizing and doing all of these uh, things. But something was missing. Something was missing in my life that I couldn't um, figure out how to navigate. And it was like, I'm calling you to to, to do this. I'm calling you to have a ministry. Um, and I kept kind of reaching out to God. And only in the past year, in fact, it was a year yesterday, uh, that I jumped out of the boat, <laughs> um, and, and said, I'm going to start my own ministry. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to, uh, take that really scary leap and I'm going to start this nonprofit ministry to help other Catholic ministries um, grow and have a media presence and also then evangelize uh, through their uh, ministries and also evangelize through my own with this radio show that I was doing, Young Catholics Respond. So when, when, when you talk about it, I don't like to talk too much about myself, Ray, but, but I can... So, so I'm just kind of giving you some highlights here um, uh, of the journey. But what I'm, what I'm telling you is that the, God puts roadblocks all in your way. And it takes a while, even when you know in your heart, in that core mission of yourself, that, man, I, I know, God, what you're calling me to do. I want to learn this craft. I want to learn how you are. I, I want to learn to be that master carpenter in your love. But man, it is hard right now. There are so many different challenges coming up against me while I'm trying to accomplish that mission of becoming the master carpenter. And so for me personally, uh, I have just really stepped into that understanding where I said, Jesus, you know what? I trust in you fully. I'm all in. And that's a key piece of that journeyman stage and of that transition. It's of understanding, Jesus, I'm all in for the mission. Right. And, and, and I don't care what other people say, you know, I don't care what, um, 
you know, other roadblocks are going to be thrown in my way, I'm going to push through them because I know what you're calling me to. And so I think for a piece of this, it's recognizing the call and being willing to push through the call, right? Um, and, and it's having the firm footing and it's having the drive, the internal drive to be able to push through it. Um, seeking the word and pursuing the grace that leads to varying awareness of faith in our daily lives are representative of the journeyman period of our spiritual journey, as you uh, write in the book, Ray. And uh, I, I see that's right where I am in, in accepting that mission, right? Seeking the word, pursuing the grace, and that opens up the doors of awareness of faith in a different way. I, I want you to do this. I'm calling you to do this. And now it's that moment of faith where I need you to actually take that step out of the boat. And, and that's scary. You know, that's a scary part of the journey um, in this stage of life that I find myself in. But it's been, it's been good so far. I mean, I'm, I'm here having this conversation with you. So, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of, they're kind of my thoughts. Bill, just as in the main message of this book, Find somebody to follow in what you are seeking out to do. The change that you're putting in front of you, somebody's already lived through. Find that person. Uh, relate to that person in this context. Share with them that this is a decision that you intentionally have made and that you would like to um, see if they would allow you to reach out when you're finding yourself maybe wavering because that's what we do you know we learn by mistake that's how we learn uh failure is part of our forging forward there's no mistake in that so uh let's move to the master carpenter stage um it's the stage that is worthy of striving for it's a stage that i am not sure if i'll ever achieve it fully in my spiritual being if you follow what i'm saying in in the realm of it uh i think i'll always be seeking to try to to fill the shoes of the master carpenter so the master carpenter stage of the arch of life is where years of intentionally seeking out successfully sharing in god's grace aligns with the worldly wisdom gained of a life well lived where we no longer submit to living in and of this world we understand where the gray lines are meant to deceive. Good and evil is now easy to see and identify. We are no longer misled by the false causes that pull at the heartstrings of tolerance. Objective truth is clear. Our thoughts are of our own will. We can find our place in our physical and spiritual lives easily. And our intentional movement within the masculine journey has fortified our steadfast will. We can no longer be unwittingly compromised. The master carpenter stage of the arch of life described a realm. Uh, a defined area worthy of navigating to within an intentional owned faith journey that when married up with the masculine journey is defined with precision in its trajectory. 
The path becomes familiar and clear as more of life's canvas is revealed. Our movement within becomes consistent. Through good decisions made within a morally owned free will, we have little resistance as we journey through the stages and find our place within them. Now, that, that was a lot to share again, but Bill, can you see how the arch of life and the masculine journey complement each other perfectly in our faith journey? Yeah, I mean, you know, the when you reach Master Carpenter, um, I, I think that you have, as you mentioned, come to that realization that you're not willing to compromise anything, right? And it also comes to the point and a beautiful point of closing the gap between the, the spiritual and um, physical realms, as you talked about. In the I think that that maybe is a key of those two uh, reaching the master carpenter stage and when you when you finally reach that you're a, those those two those two realms become you know indistinguishable and um, I'm reminded as I'm talking here about what uh, Saint Teresa of Lisieux would say in her um, interior castle right and when, when you look at how the you master passion and you overcome the passions and you and you finally reach the the interior of the castle um, where you are one with God I think that really is how you um, have to look at this this stage um, and, and 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 so uh, I have the other thing that I really liked how you how you mentioned in there was that that you're about tolerance and um, tolerance is something that the world likes to preach a lot and and says oh well no, I'll I'll tolerate that part about my being or I'll tolerate that part about somebody else's being um, and and I and I want to remind listeners um, of something that I frequently say. Um, in my own life to people as I evangelize and talk with them, in order to tolerate something, you first must disagree with it. Just let that sink in for a moment. In order to tolerate something, you first must disagree with it. You do not tolerate a warm, sunny day. You tolerate the rainy, crappy, snowy ones, <laughs> especially out here in Wisconsin, uh, where I live. So when you think about um, that you're not willing to compromise, you, you, you can tolerate people and situations and things, but you still are allowed to express your disagreement with it. And um, that is an important thing that we need to recognize, I think, in that Master Carpenter stage, as you kind of highlighted, Ray. I just think it's important to touch on that for, for young people uh, as well that, that are not Master Carpenters like myself. Uh, I'm not a Master Carpenter either, but here's the, here's the reality, that if you, if, you, if you are finding yourself 
you know, at odds with the world and you're in that struggle of the journeyman stage right now in life, um, it's okay to disagree with it. It's okay to be able to tolerate it and still disagree with it because that's a definition of tolerance. You do, you do not have to accept it. Does that make sense to you at all? Does that help with yes, that? Yes, absolutely. I understand and I, I, uh, I appreciate what you uh, added to the conversation by saying that you first have to dis disagree with something. Uh, I learned from you in that statement. That's, that's a terrific thing you brought into the conversation. Um, my, uh, I'm glad that you um, brought up tolerance because mine is where this world wants us to compromise our spiritual uh, um, values through tolerance. Uh, tolerance of gender, tolerance of marriage, tolerance of um, living conditions, tolerance of going into a bathroom. I mean, it's just amazing how much we have to tolerate here. That's why it's very important for a young man to be able to separate his spiritual and his physical world, to look at them as realms. I use the word realm because it's something that he hasn't heard of. And it's something that maybe he doesn't think about. So I'm jarring that young man. I'm jarring that, that spiritual awakening moment in his life where he could say, you know what? I do have to look at these two parts of my life individually because they are individual. If I look at them as combined, if I look at my physical life and my spiritual life as a, as, as a joined walk, I'm not looking at it correctly because you can't walk physically and have a successful spiritual life. It can't be done in this world. Living in and of this world and not in and of the world of the word is where you will find yourself unintentionally. And for the person who finds himself compromised in his will through, in, through being tolerant, he will find himself morally unintentional. But um, let's talk about uh, the Arch of Life. Um, as we mentioned earlier, the Arch of Life is supported by grace on both ends. Grace that will inevitably, inevitably support our journey and the journey of the family we will be held accountable by God to lead from this realm to the next. Challenge yourself to find your place in the arch of life and choose to face well the worldly interpretation of your contrasting character. As you intentionally chip away at the wedges of this world through owning your own thoughts, deeds, and actions, as prayer life supports the battle ahead. Okay, so prayer life. Now we're getting into something that supports the realm. All right. A prayer I would like to suggest for the journey ahead is the St. Michael prayer. This prayer recited along with three Hail Marys will aid in answers needed and strength gained in the spirit of true contrition and humility for the road ahead for the worthy warrior. Now, again, I'm going to say warrior. You know, the St. Michael prayer is, is a prayer for a warrior. You've heard me say in the past where our spiritual warriors have to put their chest out, say their prayer to St. Michael, you know, put on that full armor. This is important things that we're discussing. We can't step into the arch of life without having a prayer life. So 
I'm actually going to say the St. Michael prayer. You want to say it with me? Uh, sh- sure, I'll, I'll, I, I will pray it with you, along with you, uh, in my mind, only because I think radio uh, would be better if we had one of us read it. But um, absolutely, go ahead and pray the St. Michael the Archangel prayer for us. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. And what I always say at the end of that prayer is, St. Michael, pray for us. Now, um, that conversation we had yesterday, I asked you if you knew the origins of the St. Mike prayer. Yes. I... You want to sh- share that with our listeners? Because it's a very powerful thing that's going to be shared. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, actually, believe it or not, the St. Michael the Archangel prayer was composed in the 1880s by uh, Pope Leo XIII. And um, legend has it that after the Mass one day, Leo, Pope Leo was um, caught into a vision. And what he saw uh, was Satan asking God um, or challenging God and telling him that he could destroy the church. That's what, you know, uh, was was said by Satan in this vision. Very, very, um, it, it, it had a very Jobian type of uh vision and where where God said in reply okay you think you can destroy my church what do you need to do it and he said I need more followers and I need more time and he said you'll have both to Satan but you won't destroy my church and so Pope Leo, after he had that vision, was uh, appeared physically ill, and so um, what ended up happening was uh, he composed a prayer to Saint Michael the Archangel, and the short version that you just read to us uh, is the one that his laity is supposed to use, um, but there is a much longer version that he composed um, for the use. Of priests in the exorcisms or the exorcism rite, the rite of exorcism, um, which is a sacramental in the church, and that that um, prayer is incredibly powerful, uh, and and it's and it's used by exorcists to overcome Satan um, in in this demonic form, but it's but it's encouraged by by every priest. Um, that the laity should say the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. I mean, almost every priest that I talk to um, or, or, or bishop or whoever would always say, you know, use the St. Michael the Archangel prayer daily in your life um, because it will help overcome those, those challenges um, of, of uh, you know, that you're facing, that, that, that Satan is trying to throw those roadblocks in your way and doing all of that. So, 
I think, Ray, uh, it's a perfect way to talk about this chapter. Um, and the way to end up this chapter, wrap things up, is to, is to pray um, this prayer, that beautiful prayer of St. Michael the Archangel, because, you know, Satan is working in the world. He, he is working in the world. He's, it's very real. And, and whether that vision happened or not, exactly the way that I told it, there is certain debate about that um, with Pope Leo XIII. Um, but, but what was clear was that um, the Pope, after seeing whatever he saw in that, in that vision, led him to compose a prayer to defeat Satan. Um, and so it can be said confidently that whatever the Pope saw in that vision um, after Mass in the 1880s um, led him to ask St. Michael for, our, for, for protection against the devil. And we need to do that daily in our lives. We need to do that daily uh, in our lives as, as you have so encouraged our listeners to do as well. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So um, it was October 13th, 1884, that Pope Leo wrote that. In, in, immediately after he had the vision, he went and wrote that. Um, and uh, another odd uh, fact about the writing of the St. Michael prayer is it was exactly 33 years prior to the miracle of Fatima. Isn't that uh, just 33? Always numbers is so important within our faith. So yeah. chapter six, the arch of life, it leads in with a message that if we are not working towards our spiritual journey, then we are stepping away from it. This knowledge and seeked out understanding should be applied in all that we do. If we find ourselves in the apprentice stage in the arch of life, this approach will become more of a stumbling block than an aid. The realization of continually chipping away at our sinful human, our sinful humanity, and intentionally removing our personally owned wedges one by one is one of the ways we choose to intentionally move through the arch of life within a faith-filled mindset. So now, the arch of life in what I would like to leave off before we discuss the tool is envision a big in front of you, like a circle, a half circle in front of you. And, you, you know, when you step on the foundation of grace in the apprentice stage, now you've gained all the knowledge the sacraments have shared and instilled within you. Now you come into that second stage of the journeyman and you start to go up in that arch. You, you, you travel up as we come closer to our faith and everything is new and real, just like experiences when we're young. They're new and real. They're first. They're, 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 they're cherished. They're, they mean so much more when they're first experiences. And as we travel up in the journeyman stage and we come closer to our faith, now we start to travel down. We become more comfortable. Things become more consistent. Our decisions are much easier to be made. Our moral posture, our family values, our, our moral compass, all of these things come together so beautifully. And if we are so blessed that we can actually feel that we have a footing in the master carpenter's stage of the arch of life, 
where we actually feel that we put our foot on that side of grace, boy, oh boy, is that something to strive for. Yeah, how beautiful. Uh, I want to ask you, Ray, about the image, because I think it's important that we end each one with the image as well. So talk a little bit about the image that you have chosen for uh, chapter chapter six. So the tool for um, chapter six, the Arch of Life, is a compass. You know, the thing that we use when we're kids in art class, it's got the point with the pencil. Uh, well, this is an old, weathered, handed-down tool, uh, just the way that we are handing down the tools of awarenesses with uh, each other as we shoulder up. But uh, the word compass means to go around. It defines an area or a realm. The tool compass is used as a technical drawing instrument to inscribe circles or arcs as dividers. It is also used as a tool to measure distance on maps for navigating purposes. The compass is shown as the tool of the arch of life because of the principle it is used to define. Precision of navigating realm with clear defined lines with sure fluid motion and movement. That is the reason why the compass is used as the tool in the arch of life. Beautiful. Ray, um, thank you so much for being with me on this journey. Um, I can't thank you enough for just how incredible it has been in my life, and I know it's been wonderful in yours as well. Uh, looking forward to uh, Chapter 7. I uh, can't wait for that. Um, next week, um, Perception is Reality. That is going to be a fantastic chapter, chapter to discuss with you. Um, and I want to remind our listeners that you can visit uh, TRJ Father's Guide. Again, it's trjfathersguide.com. Uh, if you have not yet purchased a copy of the book, um, you're six weeks late, folks. So uh, get a copy of the book. And uh, in addition to that, uh, visit there for the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook groups, all of that stuff, because uh, we want you to be able to connect with us. And then, of course, take this to your own men's groups or your own coffee shops and have discussion with uh, like-minded men, because it's so important uh, that we band together and stick together on this arch of life. So thank you so much, Ray, for your time and your fellowship. Uh, it has truly been a pleasure talking with you today um, and, 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 being, uh, and being with you. Absolutely, Bill. It's so nice that we get to do this and we get to step closer in the fellowship with uh, hopefully people that are traveling this road with us. Yes, absolutely. Yes, thank you, Ray. Until next time, I'm Bill Snyder for Ray Haywood. Be intentional. You've been listening to Tools to Ready the Journey, presented by Breadbox Media. For more information about this ministry to young men, visit trjfathersguide.com or search for TRJ Father's Guide on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tools to Ready the Journey is a production of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about how Patchwork Heart Ministry can support your ministry, visit patchworkheart.org. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, 
our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at caneford.com.